Hello, and welcome back to Let's Talk Autism with Dr. C. I'm Chalreen Mapson, aka Dr. C. In this episode, we're going to talk about my role as pastor while living as a parent of an ASD child. Years ago, I decided that whenever I was assigned as an to a new pastoral charge, I would be transparent about my son's condition. I also decided to formulate ministries for parents of children on the spectrum. We have initiated support groups, held workshops, and I've even spoken in several cities about how pastors and churches can come together to include those with ASD in their congregations. Now, there are some churches that seem unwilling to receive a person with special needs, even if that child or person is uh, one of the pastor's children. But nevertheless, I have spoken to churches throughout my own denomination and other audiences across the nation, waving the banner of autism inclusion in church congregations. As a pastor and leader in my congregation, I have the unique opportunity to enforce change for a group of people who might otherwise be ignored. For most people, the autism population would appear to be outside and not inside the body of Christ. But Paul's words found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27 remind us that this group of people has just as much to offer as any other. So as a pastor parent who has a child with special needs and armed with Paul's message, I can bully my way into places where my ASD parishioners cannot go. I can become a champion, not only for my own cause, but for their causes as well. As a church leader, I intend to do all I can for my child and consequently for other children with ASD who may not be afforded the opportunities that their peers have. As a pastor and an ASD parent, I wanted to include my son and others with ASD in the church. Therefore, at my third pastoral charge, I implemented a Sunday school class with the ASD child in mind. Now, children on the autism spectrum thrive on routine, as you, if you already have a kid with autism, already know. So, I decided to develop a weekly schedule outlining the Sunday school lesson for each day. An example would be if the lesson is about forgiveness, I would spend the first 10 minutes on a Bible story and the scripture possibly throwing in a video on forgiveness. The next five minutes we might devote to an object lesson and then three minutes to him time with maybe a, a video then an activity or craft for about 12 minutes and then close out with a video on forgiveness um, for about five minutes and then snack time. And then we have choice. They can choose to talk with their friends or choose to get back on their devices. When my son began to have difficulty adapting to his age appropriate class for vacation Bible school, I removed him from that class and I just utilized the same system and model that I had done for him in the special needs Sunday school class and used that to teach him the, the vacation Bible school lesson. And it was effective for him. Now, 
When I initially learned of my son's diagnosis, I decided to inform my family members about his condition. Jaden's dad has two other male members on the autism spectrum, so his side of the family was quite familiar. My side, however, was not. So to educate them, I turned to this group called TEACH, and TEACH stands for Treatment and Education of Autistic and Communication-Related Handicapped Children. They recommended that I share an excerpt from a book entitled 10 Things Every Child with Autism Wishes You Knew by Ellen Notbaum. I did that for my family, and then I also did it for my church. Because I contend that in the education is the road to inclusion in churches. So as pastor, I'm willing to do all I can to educate churches and parishioners where I serve so that my son and others with ASD will be understood and can become a part of the congregation. So at my third pastoral charge, my son was having some difficulty adjusting and the members had some difficulty accepting him. So during the month of April, which is Autism Awareness Month, I decided to educate my parishioners just as I had previously educated my family. I published those same 10 things that every child wishes you knew in the bulletin for the month of April. So it's a lengthy list, so I had to divide, to divide it over the number of Sundays in the month, but I did a little bit each Sunday. Several members after receiving the list told me that they thought it was very helpful and that it provided them a first-hand account of what was in the mind of the ASD child. And I'll share a little bit from the 10 things list that Ellen Notbaum provides in her book. One, I am first and foremost a child. I have autism. I am not primarily autistic. My autism is only one aspect of my character. It does not define me as a person. Two, my sensory perceptions are disordered. It means that the ordinary sight, sound, smells, taste, and touch of every day that you may not even notice can be downright painful for me. Three, speak directly to me in plain words. Please put your book on your desk, Billy. It's time for reading. This tells me what you want me to do and what is going to happen next. Now is much easier for me to comply with your request. Four, I am a concrete thinker. This means I interpret language very literally. It's very confusing for me when you say, hold your horses, cowboy, when you really mean, please stop running. Five, please be patient with my limited vocabulary. It's hard for me to tell you what I need when I don't know the words to describe my feelings. I may be hungry, frustrated, frightened, or confused, but now those words are beyond my ability to express. Six, because my language is difficult for me, I am very visually oriented. Please show me how to do something rather than just telling me. Seven, please focus and build on what I can do rather than what I can't do. Eight, 
Please help me with social interactions. It may look like I don't want to play with the other kids, but sometimes it's just that I simply do not know how to start a conversation or even enter a play situation. Nine, try to identify what triggers my meltdowns. Meltdowns, blow-ups, tantrums, and whatever you want to call them are even more horrid for me than they are for you. 10. If you are a family member, please love me unconditionally. I did not choose to have autism, but remember that it's happening to me, not you. Without your support, my chances of being successful, self-reliant, as an adult are slim. Well, I published these 10 things in my church bulletin over the course of the month of April because I felt that the information needed to be shared and I was correct. After reading the list, one of my parishioners approached me and expressed her appreciation for having shared the information. Well, an interesting dynamic regarding my role as ASD parent and pastor is the fact that I enter a church with a an automatic ministry, an autism ministry. I come with my own potential ministry. If there are other parents in the congregation seeking support from the church, they have an instant advocate when I, the new pastor, enter the building. In October of 2019, I was assigned to my fourth and current charge. At this church, before the pandemic, we were in the process of implementing a ministry for ASD parents. When we were forced into quarantine, I simply changed my strategy. I offered an online Sunday school class for ASD children. I incorporated several videos and an interactive PowerPoint presentation with a variety of of activities to engage the young people. My son was a captive audience. And I will continue because I'm not discouraged by the number of people who showed because anything new takes time. So I kept going. Although there's a plethora of resource material available for the ASD parents in the county where I now reside, excuse me, I would still like to implement my plan for ASD parents in the church I'm serving now and in the community where I am serving. But prior to the implementation plan, I would like to conduct a study to determine if there is an itch for inclusion of the autism population at my church before we begin to scratch. The study will contain questions that will be posed to the general membership regarding inclusion of the ASD population. The purpose of polling the general membership is to determine their level of empathy and support for a special needs or an ASD ministry in their church. And if there's an itch, if we determine after going through that process that there is an itch, then I will start by leading the charge and the efforts to initiate a support group for parents or guardians of children on the spectrum. This was an initiative that I led at my second pastoral charge, and it was quite effective. We began a support group for parents of children with autism and quickly had to change our name because other parents... Uh, those with who had kids with Down syndrome and ADD and ADHD and other special needs expressed an interest in joining the group. 
So we changed our names from parents of children with autism to friends of exceptional children, and we widened our tent and included everyone. Upon initiation of that support group, I didn't realize the depth of my involvement when we started, but it was quite rewarding for me. I was invited by other ASD parents to sit in on their children's IEP meetings. I even, and IEP stands for Individualized Education Program, for those of you who don't know. I even assisted one grandparent with spearheading a complaint against her grandson's school. Her five-year-old grandson was expelled from school because the school in that county said, and I quote, they had no resources available to him. Once her complaint was formalized, it was then processed, uh, proceeded to litigation. These occurrences are evident that there's a need for some sort of support for those who care for children with autism. As a parent and a pastor, I am glad that I was able to help those who were part of the support ministry that we had at that church. Now, my motivation for offering ministry to ASD parents is personal. My first attendance to the Teach Mothers group meeting many years ago signified to me that there must have been other ASD parents in my congregations who needed the same feeling that I had when I entered that mothers group meeting. See, I entered that meeting feeling like I was alone, but I left that meeting feeling like I was not by myself in this fight. I was reluctant to attend the meeting, but after I got there, I had a feeling of relief come over me because other parents began to talk about their children and I felt like I was at home because they were describing some of the same issues that I was going through. I offer the ASD ministry through the church because parents need to know that there is a place for their ASD children in the church and there's a place where they too may feel like they are not alone also. Well, the plan I utilized for initiating ASD ministries in the past has been quite successful. And I want to share some of the snippets with those of you who are listening that might be pastors who want to start a ministry in your church for ASD populations. This is my list and these things have been successful for me and hopefully there will be for you as well. One, survey your parishioners and gauge their empathy or ability for involvement in such a ministry. Two, pull supporters together and make a plan. Three, upon gaining support, discuss topics with of interest with ASD parents. Four, offer babysitting services when you have your meetings. Five, at each meeting, offer some light refreshments for both the parents and those who are bringing kids. Six, Here are a few suggestions that I have for some monthly meetings. So my suggestion is that you meet monthly and here are a couple of things because we met monthly and invited different speakers each month. But you can invite attorneys, for example, to come to a meeting to talk about living wills, last wills and testament, power of attorney, guardianship, executors, trust funds or trust accounts, etc. 
the time for the ASD parent to plan for the end of life is now so that you are assured that when you're gone, your child with ASD is taken care of. Another suggestion for a monthly meeting is to invite in, to invite in some nutritionists. Since most ASD children are picky eaters, a nutritionist would be a great source to assist parents with offering ways to introduce new foods. Number seven, solicit parents or other interested volunteers to contact the monthly speakers once you come up with your list. Eight, once you have a plan for the year, draft an introductory letter stating the name of your ministry, if you have one, the goal of the ministry, which is to assist ASD parents, or if you're doing all special needs, all special needs parents, the meeting time and location. It helps if you have the same time and location each month. Number nine, take the letter to the special education director and ask for permission to disseminate it to the schools. And 10, publicize your meetings everywhere. I conducted radio interviews, newspaper interviews. I even appeared on a local community college program. However you decide to get it, get the word out. As a minister, leader in the church, and a leader in my son's school, I've served on PTAs in various leadership roles. And as a leader in my community, I have several leadership roles I have now. I believe it's important to navigate and illuminate not just the church, but even the school on the need for processes and methods of inclusion, adaptation, and modification for the autism population. So I invite you to listen to my next episode where we'll talk a little bit about schools and the inclusion of the autism population. My name's Dr. C. Let's talk autism again soon. Thank you.